1: Hey, if you enjoy our podcast, please do us a favor, give us a five-star review, and subscribe to our podcast. This helps others find us. Thanks for listening.
0: Good evening, Paula.
1: Hello, Dean. How are you tonight?
0: I'm doing great. Looking
2: forward to recording a podcast with you.
1: You know what the awesome thing is about working from home?
2: There are a lot of awesome things about working from home.
1: But... I think today is a new high for me. We, as a family, each year we get matching Christmas pajamas. And Mr. Coach Dean Roberts is sporting his Christmas pajamas right now, even though Christmas is in the rearview mirror.
2: They're very comfortable. And I'm at home. I ought to be comfortable in my own home. Well, there you go. So,
1: yeah, it's good. (laughs) So, um.
2: You did a good job picking out the pajamas.
1: Yeah, they're comfy and cute. Yep. Yep. And they even had a little onesie for Sweet Ellie Ann to match us. hmm
2: <laughs> Very nice.
1: Yeah. So today was interesting because we had a new article come out yesterday, and our daughter Bethany shared that article on Facebook, and it has gotten all kinds of activity comments on the article. So it got me to thinking that it might be, a fun podcast, to kind of share a little bit about that article and then maybe a few other topics of fun and folly (laughs) of the Dean and Paula Roberts sporting life.
2: Okay, let's do it.
1: So I had a little heads up on this because I thought about it today, but you've had no heads up on it.
2: I've been working on a podcast topic for later.
1: Yeah, well, that's good. I thought it would be interesting Share, And I'm sure you'll have topics to add because probably most of my topics pick at you a little bit. And you might think of some stories to share that have to do with me. So I just thought we'd kind of ad-lib it. But I thought it might be nice to start by you just sharing what happened on our recent trip.
2: I can do that. (laughs) I may not go into as much detail as the blog post on our website, but I can certainly walk through it. Yeah. So we took a small... Family vacation in the fall. Just me and you and our daughter Bethany down to the Atlantic coast of Florida. And we got there late, flew in, got a rental car, drove to our place and went out to the beach. And it looked like a nice beach to run on, which is one of the great things about the Atlantic side. As opposed to the the gulf side it's sometimes not as nice to run on the beach on the gulf side
1: well i was honestly shocked because normally we stay i don't know 100 miles south of where we stayed this time and we've stayed north of there before and the beaches have not been very runner friendly so i was so excited when we went out we were just going to go out and see the ocean for a minute but As soon as I saw the beach, I was so excited because it was runnable. (laughs) So I'll put that disclaimer out there right now.
2: (laughs) So my first thought when we got there was, it's going to get dark on us. We should go ahead and put on our shoes and go out and get our run in. But you want to go check out the beach before we got set up for our run. Right.
1: And then I was so excited that the beach (laughs) was runnable.
2: So we get ready to run, and we run at different paces. And we were both going long. You were going quite a bit longer, time-wise, than I was.
1: Two hours and fifteen minutes. Yeah,
2: long run. And we headed off into the wind, which was toward the south. And you got a little bit of a head start on me, and I ended up passing you at some point as it was as the sun was going down and it was getting darker. And um, at one point, I did a, a U-turn to warn you about a hazard that I had come across, and then I. Continued ahead of you. And I was thinking to myself, you self, know, self, how am I going to find our condo when I get finished with my run? Well, <laughs> just, you know, simple math. If you're doing 10 miles, you go out five miles, you turn around, and, and you come back five miles. And that would have been fine and good. But being the considerate husband that I was,
1: <laughs> so considerate,
2: I turned around to warn you about this fisherman, fisherman. who had his fishing line strung out across the beach right in the path of where we were running because I had run into it (laughs) and then he was all in a panic that I had run into his fishing line well I was a little disturbed that I ran into his fishing line also (laughs) so anyway
1: disturbed or perturbed
2: it could have been both (laughs) I was glad I didn't end up with a, a fish hook somewhere attached to me At some point, I decided it was time to turn around and doing some simple arithmetic. I thought I knew at what point I would need to stop to be at our condo. Well, I miscalculated. And I miscalculated in that I did not run far enough, but I thought that I had run too far. So it's pitch black. can't hardly see in front of my face. And this area of the beach, the paths to get to the... Condos have bridges, and the bridges have gates, and you have to have a key to get through the gate. So I had a key to get through our gate, but I couldn't find our gate. So I was all in a panic thinking that I've got to find our condo so that I can stand out on the beach and let you know where to stop, because I didn't want you to get lost. But you didn't do a U-turn and zigzag around, so you were able to do real simple math, go out an equal distance and come back an equal distance. So in hindsight, that worked out well for you. But at this point, I'm starting to panic, thinking, well, I can't find the condo and I've got to find it before you get to the finish. And so I find a few people wandering around in the dark and I ask them for assistance and I thought I knew the address of our condo. Well, I had that wrong. And then I also didn't know the name of the condo. (laughs) But one person on the beach offered to let me go through the gate where he was staying. And that allowed me to get onto the street. I thought, all right, once I get on the street, I'll be fine. Because I'll recognize it. Well, that would have been fine if I knew the right direction to run and how far away I was. But I thought I was too far and I wasn't far enough. So I was sprinting back and forth, and there were people along the street that I stopped and asked for help. And everybody was real cooperative. And I'm looking at my watch, and I'm thinking, Paula should be finished by now. And she's out there wandering around, lost in the dark. (laughs) And if I don't get out on the beach, she's going to go past the condo, and who knows when I'll find her. So I I see a police car, (laughs) and I flag down the policeman. And as I'm, well, I'm, I'm waving at the policeman, and he turns on his lights and he stops. And I'm running to him because well, that's what I do. And I got to thinking as he was getting out of his car, it's probably not a good idea to be running towards the policeman. So I stop and act like a calm, civilized person.
1: That <laughs> <laughs> you are not at the moment.
2: And and I'm I'm in a pair of shorts. I've got no shirt. <laughs> I'm a I've got no phone. I've got no ID. I do have a key to get into the uh,
1: the gate, that The gate, but
2: it doesn't have a name on it. So the police officer was great, and the second police officer also stopped because I, I guess I looked like uh, I could be trouble when it might take two of them. They started brainstorming, asking me all kinds of questions, things that I'd already thought about, and then they asked me a question that made me think, All I need to do is get a hold of Bethany, who was at the condo, because then she would know the name of the condo, because surely the name is in the condo somewhere. (laughs) And in my panic, I cannot, for the life of me, remember her phone number. So that was embarrassing.
1: Five, five, five. Just
2: kidding. But I could remember Jacob's phone number, because his numbers are really easy to remember. So I give the police officer Jacob's phone number, and he's in Owensboro. We're in Florida. So the police officer calls, and I find out later, the police officer didn't tell me, but Jacob told me later that he rejected the call a couple of times. Well, the police officer was persistent. He just kept calling. So finally, Jacob answered the phone. Turns out Jacob and Shelby were on a date at (laughs) Texas Roadhouse. And here I am interrupting their date night. They've got a babysitter for Ellie. All the police officer says is, this is the police. I'm with your dad in Florida. He's lost. We need your sister's phone number. And so Jacob gives (laughs) police officer Bethany's phone number, immediately hangs up and calls Bethany. And when Bethany answered the phone, she was quite terrified that something had happened to me, something had happened to you. She was really worried that you had got swept away in the ocean if the tide had come in and you were stuck on the other side. So she was really scared, panicking, but she was able to find the name of the condo.
1: So Jacob immediately called her or the police officer immediately the called The police
2: officer immediately called her. Okay. But I'm guessing that Jacob also tried to call her, but not until after she got off the phone with the police officer. So... The police officer was kind enough to let me ride in the back seat of his car, which was a, a an experience, a, hopefully a once-in-a-lifetime experience.
1: Why could we not have a picture of you in the back of the police car? Be yeah, that would
2: have been... Epic. Epic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So this is... Uh, so I'm in the back <laughs> of a police car during a pandemic, and I'm just wondering how sanitary is the back of this car. <laughs> but anyway, the police officer was was great took me to my condo i tried to convince him to take his car out on the beach because we've seen we saw cars out on the beach and he said i can't take my vehicle out on the beach like, okay
1: and why did you want him to take the car out on the beach
2: so he could shine a spotlight
1: for your lost wife
2: <laughs> for my lost wife So I run upstairs, and I really didn't feel like I had time to console Bethany very much because I'm worried about you. So I grabbed my cell phone, ran back out, ran out onto the beach, and I made the determination. I'm not moving from the end of the stairs of her condo because I'm not getting lost again. And I was like a loud lighthouse on the beach. I had my flashlight going. And I was spinning around in circles, yelling your name. But it, it, it was pitch black. There weren't very many people out, if any, at this point. But thankfully, within a minute or so, I heard you respond. And you came up to me just as calm as could be. Like it was <laughs> there was not a care in the world. What are you yelling about? <laughs> so we then proceeded to go upstairs and console bethany and just reassure her that we're both okay and that was really traumatic for me and her i think you and jacob handled it pretty well
1: well first of all i didn't know any of this was going on so it was my first mistake you guys probably did not know i had a two hour and 15 minute run
2: i thought it was a two hour run
1: Yeah, so you thought I was lost for at least 15 minutes. But the fact of the matter was, I was just out for my run. I mean, it was a great run, too. I mean, I was on the beach, and it was flat, and it was a beautiful night. And then I saw my husband with a light, and I just thought he was out there, you know, to greet me. And then I realized he's a little bit traumatized. (laughs) So, anyway, it was very sweet that you were so caring of my safety.
2: So I learned several lessons that day. One is know where you're staying. (laughs) It's a good idea to know the name of the place you're staying. And if you're not familiar with the area, don't stay out after dark. (laughs) And third, this would have really saved the day if I had just known the capabilities of my watch. Assuming your watch has that and many GPS watches have the capability of navigating back to start. If you have a watch and you haven't checked to see if you have that feature, check it out. You just never know when you're going to need it. So I could have just used my watch to take me back to where I started my run, which was right at the bridge, and I would have been able to find my way myself. But in the panic, I didn't think about my watch. I didn't think about Bethany's phone number. All I could think about was you.
1: Yeah. So the next day when everyone was a little calmer and it was just a nice, fun vacation day, we did the math correctly and realized, because at this point I still think you were a little confused as to whether you were short or long on the run, but I think we calculated that you were about six-tenths of a mile short of being back to the condo.
2: Yeah, that's right.
1: So anyway, it all worked out. So this happened, and the Facebook post happened, and we've, we've gotten a lot of uh, interesting comments on it. So I thought it would be fun, just kind of let people know we're human and just kind of share all kinds of silly stories. So this story is not really related to running, but it's a funny story. Uh, sometimes when Dean and I go on vacation by ourselves, we'll surprise each other. Like, I'll plan a day, and he has no idea what it's going to be, <laughs> and he'll plan a day. And I'll have no idea what it's going to be. So we were staying in the Fort Myers Beach area, and he planned the most awesome day date. It was a lot of fun. He rented a tandem bike.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was wondering where this was going.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he he hasn't seen my notes. Like, he has no idea where this podcast is going. He's scared to death of what I might bring up because we've had so many follies in our Almost now 35 years of marriage. Almost 35 years. Yeah. So if you've put up with me that long, then you're doing something right to put up with me that long.
2: We should have several stories over 35 years. We
1: should. But anyway, he had rented a tandem bike on Sanibel Island, which is just covered in shells and... So we were going to circumnavigate the island via this tandem bike, and I'm not sure we'd ever ridden a tandem bike. Before.
2: No, I think that was the one and only.
1: One and only. Yeah. So anyway, it was a lot of fun, and the only thing I can figure is <laughs> I must have really been pulling my weight when we were biking because my fondest memory of that day is we stopped to cross the road, and as you know, any good bike citizens would do we got off and walked the bike across the street and then the plan was to get back on it and continue
2: and that's exactly what i did
1: that's exactly what he did and so i guess he thinks i'm on the bike i did he he gets on the bike and i mean he he takes off and i'm yelling his name but he's not hearing me there's a lot of traffic and of course some of the drivers and passengers of vehicles were seeing all this and laughing and also like honking and yelling a little bit. But he was just obliviously, he, he was probably at least a quarter mile
2: down the road. So you say you were pulling your weight. It sounds like to me, I couldn't tell whether you were pedaling at all since I didn't notice any difference whether you're on the bike or not. And that also, in when the case... Fly,
1: I'm pulling my weight.
2: It also indicates how light you are, That oh, I didn't oh. notice oh. you even not being on the bike.
1: Yeah. Well, I must have been pedaling enough to offset whatever my weight was, because clearly you didn't know the difference.
2: I didn't notice the difference. <laughs> I would not have done that on purpose. Oh, I know. But, but it, it, is, it is a funny story.
1: Yeah. It was really funny. Yeah. So, so anyway... That's a story.
2: All right, that's two stories on me. Yeah. What do we have on you?
1: Uh, well, I wanted to tell one more on you first. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but I figure in the middle of this, you might come up with one on me, and oh, that's all fair game.
2: I'll be thinking about that. Yeah.
1: Okay. So the next story, which you may not find this funny, but I mean, it's been four years, so it could be funny now. <laughs> But my husband is a beast and he qualified for Kona, the World Ironman Championships. And so he, he and I flew out and then Bethany flew out. She lived in a different city at the time. She flew out to meet us. And just because we knew he needed time to get his head on straight and think about all the things competition related, we planned for her and I to go tour the island while he did all the things.
2: A helicopter trip.
1: We did we did. yes, that was part of it. A helicopter mm-hmm. trip and a bus tour and it was we had a great day. So we get I mean we were gone all day. All day long. All, like they came and picked us up in a van at sun up and it was well after dark. When we got back, so we saw, and that it was really cool. the The lava was actually flowing and running into the ocean, and like we yeah. just saw all the things. Anyway, we get back to the apartment, and you're not there, so we go walking around. And we find you at the pool. I wonder if you could tell us about your nice day of getting your head around Ironman competition.
2: Oh. Well, it's a good thing that we went out early. Like you said, it's a good idea to get acclimated to the weather. Since we were flying, needed plenty of time to get the bike reassembled and make sure it was working well. But this particular day, I ended up going to Walmart to pick up a few things. And when I got back to the apartment...
1: Because ap- even Hawaii has the Walmart.
2: When I got back to the apartment, I could not find my key, so I assumed that I had locked it in the room. So you are gone and here I am, stuck outside. (laughs) I know you're gonna be gone all day, and it's hot and I've I've got my plans made. I'm gonna stay hydrated all day. I'm gonna stay off my feet. Um, I'll go for a you know a practice ride and and maybe a run at some point, but pretty light day and I'm getting the impression that I'm gonna melt in the sun all day waiting for you to get back. But I find the manager of the facility and I talk to him and he's saying, "Well, there's nothing we can do. If you've locked your keys in, you'll just have to wait. And he ended up calling the owner of the apartment and it turns out, The owner of the apartment had given the manager a spare key, so eventually the manager did let me in, but the key wasn't in the room, so I had not locked the key in the room, and now I'm panicked that the owner had said it would cost us $500 to replace a lost key, and I was not looking forward to footing that bill. So I did not melt in the sun, but it did take three or four hours, maybe more, before I was able to convince the manager of the property to help me come up with a solution. But long story short, we put that incident behind us, focused on the race.
1: And what a great race you had. Congratulations. Thank you.
2: It was it was an amazing experience. Thank you, Lord. So on the last day or the second to last day before we left Hawaii, I just had this idea. I wonder if I lost my key when I went to Walmart? So when I was at Walmart, one of the things I bought was a pair of jean shorts. Jorts. (laughs) I know they're not your favorite, but they are really comfortable. (laughs) Well, I had tried them on over top of the shorts I was wearing. It was right there at the rack in Walmart. (laughs) And they fit. So I, I bought them. And I guess my key had fallen out of my shorts somehow because when I went to... To Walmart I asked them if they had a lost and found because I'd lost a key they said well sure we do we've got this big bucket full of keys (laughs) and they did and I started sifting through it and to my surprise there it was and I I looked at the lady that was standing there I said you have just really made my day I have been stressed over finding this key for for days thank you so much and so I was very relieved to have found the missing key no longer responsible for a $500 bill that wasn't in our travel budget. And so I don't really know what the lesson learned is on this one, but that was another one of those scenarios I really would rather not relive.
1: I still think it was a miracle (laughs) that A, that key was in that bucket of keys, and B, that you even recognized what the key looked like.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I think it's a pretty good story.
2: Yeah, pretty good story. Happy ending.
1: Very happy ending. Yeah. And you know me, I'd get bent out of shape over wasting $17. So $500 (laughs) is going to be a big big push.
2: Yeah. So you mentioned $17. (laughs) I think I know what you're talking about. Is that story on your list?
1: It's not, but we can add it.
2: All right. This has nothing to do with running or triathlon. This is just Apollo... And Dean, or I should say Dean and Paula's story. I don't remember which birthday it was now.
1: It was going to be my big 4-0.
2: So for Paula's 40th birthday, I had the idea to throw her a surprise party. And I had coordinated with a co-worker of mine, uh, whose name is BJ, to uh, help me surprise her. So Paula and I went to the movies on a date night. We went to see a James Bond movie, and you're not a big fan of James Bond, and I like them okay. There are some parts that I could do without, but we weren't planning on staying there anyway, but you didn't know that. So we're sitting in the parking lot, and my co-worker, BJ, sends me a message on my BlackBerry letting me know there's problems at the office. So I say something to you, say, oh, we got some kind of problem going on at the office, but, but it'll be okay. Let's Let's go on into the movie theater.
1: I mean, was he texting you saying there's a delay in the start of the party, or...
2: We had already planned that he was going to let me know there were problems going on, mm-hmm. but I carried it a little bit too far. <laughs> Instead of telling you, well, we're just not going to be able to go to the movies, i I've got to go fix this at work. We go ahead and pay the $17 for the movie tickets and we go sit down and the movie's starting and BJ just keeps sending me messages on my Blackberry. So I'm constantly looking at that. And finally, I tell you, I say, Paul, I'm really sorry, but we're going to have to go. There's a problem at work. The computer room is shutting down. I'm going to need your help. Take care of this problem. And I think if I had not said I needed your help, you were just gonna stay there without me, even I mean, though you didn't really like. The, I mean, the seven, movie.
1: seventeen dollars. <laughs>
2: so we go out to Southern Star, which is where I work.
1: And I may or may not be complaining about the seventeen dollars while we're driving up there.
2: Yes, and this is several weeks before your birthday. Yes. It's before
1: your birthday, and your birthday is before my birthday.
2: I think it was over the Thanksgiving break. It
1: was.
2: Which worked out great because some of our classmates were in town. So as we're approaching the office, the office is as black as I had ever seen it because BJ was very the resourceful. Power,
1: the power was off, right?
2: BJ was very resourceful, and he turned off pretty much all the power to all the lights in the building, so it was obvious something wasn't right. And so we go in and we see one of our relatives walking through the building.
1: Who at, works at a local power plant.
2: Who works at the a local electric plant, yes. And I know what's going on and you don't know what's going on, but you think they're throwing a surprise birthday party for me. Well no,
1: at this point, I think he's there. Fixing the electricity, because I didn't really understand what he did, and that he didn't go out and fix huh. people electricity. So that's what I'm thinking when I see him.
2: All right, but then the next thought, as we you go start around the corner, as you start seeing more people, you're thinking that they're throwing me a surprise I I said, 40th birthday party.
1: I'm, I'm poking him, going, "Dean, I think your coworkers are throwing you a party." <laughs> <laughs>
2: Because, as we have mentioned before, our birthdays are only 10 days apart, so I was going to turn 40 before her, but what a surprise to you that you were having the party.
1: And it took me a while to figure it out. Finally, I saw Kim and Jeff Johnson, who are co-workers and really good friends of mine, and they like you too, but, you know, they're really... They probably wouldn't be at my birthday party. They probably wouldn't be at your birthday party. I mean, mean, you know... (laughs) So then I'm thinking I, I was so con- I was confused the entire night. I it, it for those of you who don't know me, I'm a slight control freak. So when things get beyond my control, and it's real difficult to pull one over on me anyway. So yeah, good job with the surprise, babe.
2: We had a DJ, and somebody had brought you a change of clothes.
1: Bethany had picked out some clothes that I might actually wear to a party rather than to a movie. Yeah.
2: So that was a good surprise.
1: It was. So talking about being a control freak, this reminds me of a, another story on me. But the squad, Kelly and Beth and Jen and I were training for a marathon and we were all doing the same plan. Some of our paces were different, but our warm up, like we were accountable meeting, whatever. So one morning we go out and usually I, I was kind of the one that knew everything that was going on and would kinda say, Hey, here's what we're doing today. So, when I went out, we were doing our warm-up, and I said, well, we have so many minutes, and we're going to start our quarter-mile pickups. And Jen said, oh, we have mile repeats today. And I was convinced, no, we're doing quarter-mile. Well, sure enough, once my watch beeped over because my workout was programmed correctly into my watch, thanks to my awesome coach. Anyway, it was mile repeats. And... That was probably the worst execution ever of a workout for me because in my head, I thought I was doing one thing. And anyway, things like that just kind of rocked my world a little bit. (laughs) So, yes, I try to work on that.
2: Speaking of you and your squad, (laughs) you've been on a few girl trips to some of the Disney races. We have. In costume. Oh, boy. But I don't really want to talk about the race. I want to talk about your experience attending the parks i hear that you and the squad are quite aggressive at the disney parks
1: well i would say a part of the squad is pretty aggressive at the parks but uh i mean i I do well to hang with them first of all i'm 10 years older than the one closest in age and 20 years older than the youngest in the squad but i mean they set a plan and they're on a mission and they run ride to ride so you know after we do our marathon or half marathon or both in the same weekend and we're in the park we're still running from ride to ride and i tease them saying that they step on babies and strollers getting from one place to the next but it's all a good fun and i do enjoy traveling with them but
2: you don't get a lot of sleep when you travel with them though
1: We get zero sleep. I mean, if you've ever done a Disney race, you have to get up at 2.30 a.m. and the races start at 4.30 a.m. because they want to get all those runners through the parks so they can open their parks and have a general admission day as well. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And then, you know, after the run, we go get cleaned up. And, of course, if we're going to buy a park ticket, we're going to shut the park down. So, yeah, it's usually get up at 2.30 a.m. and drop in bed after midnight. So it's almost a twenty four hour day. I can remember when we were in Disneyland, I actually looked at my watch and it was it was eleven fifty nine. It was one minute till midnight. This is the day we had run a half marathon and my wife said I had forty nine thousand nine hundred and ninety nine steps. I was too tired to get up and take one step <laughs> <laughs> to get the fifty thousand. What was I thinking?
2: That's a lot of steps considering that you just ran a half marathon i mean if you had done a marathon i mean you'd be a whole lot closer to yes. the fifty thousand steps yes
1: so anyway we have a great time when we travel which obviously we didn't do any of that in 2020 but 2021's one's a new year yes it is so another folly story i can think about because as you're coaching me you always have me practice not only my during my run nutrition, but you have me practice what I'm going to eat the night before and what I'm going to eat for breakfast along with what my nutrition is going to be during the race. And so I had all of that practiced and I had a plan. Well, we flew out to Portland, Oregon. We were going to do the Rebel Mount Hood race, which I think we've talked about that before. It was not a great idea since we live pretty much almost at sea level in a very flat town, so there was no way for us to prepare for that race. But the bus ride, they were the bus was going to have to drive us 26.2 miles to the top of this mountain so we could run down it. So I packed up all my breakfast, and about 20 minutes into the bus ride was the scheduled time for me to eat my breakfast so that... It would be time the way i practiced it so you and i are on the bus together and typically i can't sleep before a race anyway so i'll be awake all night like trying to rest but not be able to sleep but for whatever reason i zonked out on that bus i was dead to the world and didn't know it like i didn't even know it so i wake up and i'm gonna eat my breakfast and you say we're here,
2: <laughs> so I
1: had completely slept through that entire bus ride, and I was in a complete panic because I had not eaten my breakfast or done anything the way I'd practiced it. But yeah, so that was interesting. I'm not sure what the lesson learned there is either. But
2: <laughs> well, the one lesson I can add to that is, and we've talked about this before, you know, we make our plans. But then monkey wrenches get thrown into it, and you adapt, and you make the best of it, and you you move on because it's going to be very rare that you're going to be able to follow your race plan to a T. So you do the best you can and try to minimize the surprises, but don't let the surprises or the mistakes ruin your day. Just pick up the pieces and move on.
1: Which we did. So anyway that was interesting not
2: our best choice of of races
1: definitely not if we lived in that area and can train could train in that area
2: if you've never tried running down a mountain it is something that you have to learn how to do yeah very difficult i also
1: remember being short of breath at the top of that mountain because we had really never even hiked at elevation before at that point now since then we've been to national parks and have Mm -hmm hiked at elevation and um, know that it's important to acclimate yeah. to the
2: elevation. I used to travel some with work, I don't travel a whole lot anymore, but I remember one business trip out to Salt Lake City, Utah, and I don't know what the elevation is there, but I went for a long run early one morning before work, and I remember really feeling the effects of the altitude on my breathing and it was, it was eye-opening. And then another trip just a few years ago, you and I had a business trip out in Colorado, and we went out to Estes Park, and we ended up driving to 11,000 feet elevation and got out and had, I don't know, maybe 50, 60 stairs to climb to get to the highest point of this tourist area. You know conditioned athletes that we are we were breathing hard
1: <laughs> it was really obvious when we were ascending and descending those steps the people who were accustomed to being there versus people who were not acclimated because there was a clear difference in the ability to handle that
2: mm-hmm. So yes that
1: was quite interesting But I'll tell you what I remember about that day more than anything. You got just, you just laughed and laughed at me. And again, this goes back to my need for being in control. But as we were ascending the mountain. In a car. Yes. In a car for which he was driving. It was a rental car. He was on the mountain. (laughs) I don't even know how to explain it. So on the passenger side is where the cliff was. (laughs) Right. I mean, I was just like clawed into the car as if it would like it would help me hanging on to the car, but I thought at any moment that car was gonna go over the side of the road and we were gonna plunge to our death and Mm -hmm. never see our children again. But But you were enjoying it and felt completely in control of the situation as you were. (laughs) On the way down it was felt much safer because the mountain was on the passenger side for the majority of the descent right it
2: just makes me think about the Tour de France I'm a big fan of the Tour de France and it's just amazing watching those athletes climb those mountains and then descend at lightning speed it seems like around those crazy turns with cliffs around every curve
1: yes they're flying around switchbacks I'm just like oh my goodness
2: it's uh it's amazing I I heard a uh, pro cyclist say one time that to be a good pro cyclist you have to have a short memory you hit the pavement you get back on your bike and you forget about it and you don't let fear take control yeah but I don't think I want to do that myself yeah (laughs)
1: I'm not sure I want to fly down a mountain on a bike either. So, I did have a couple scriptures that I thought kind of went along with this with our follies. Bizarre topic. The first one is pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before the fall. So, we always want to stay humble and we like to be very transparent and admit that we don't have all the answers and we want to stay extremely humble. And that's Proverbs sixteen eighteen. And then Jeremiah nine twenty four, let him who boasts boast in this, that he understand and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declareth the Lord. So we never want to be boastful in and of ourselves, but when we boast we want to boast in what God has done for us. Amen. And then finally, James 4.10, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and He will lift you up. So, anyway, probably didn't learn a whole lot about endurance sports and triathlons today, but thought we would just take a little time to shed a little light and put a little humor into our hobby for our listeners.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's been fun, and I think we'll have to have a sequel to this, and I'll make a list of some of the follies that you're the star in the show.
1: Paula follies. There's a lot of them.
2: (laughs) Probably not as many.
1: (laughs) Anyway, if you enjoyed listening and you'd like to become a part of the conversation, or if you have topics that you would like us to address, we invite you to find us on Facebook. Just search RYR Endurance Team and we'll let you in our closed Facebook group.
0: Talk to you next time. At RYR Endurance Team, we specialize in customized coaching. What is customized coaching? It's more than a training plan. It's a relationship. It's a partnership. So what are your goals? What are you training for? Contact us at ryrcoach at gmail.com or visit us on our website ryrenduranceteam.com
1: Hey, if you enjoy our podcast, please do us a favor. Give us a five-star review and subscribe to our podcast. This helps others find us. Thanks for listening.